we're always trying to celebrate the uniqueness of this town, what we want them to understand is that we've got freighters, but we are way more than big boats. We've got a playground up here. And the great thing about bringing groups of people together, like hiking groups or paddle groups, whatever the case may be, is that you bring people from different areas that bring different experiences and educate others to create new experiences with what we have locally. So you can celebrate what we have. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. I'm continuing my series up in Sault Ste. Marie. And with it being summertime and it's Michigan, and all we can think about is getting outdoors and enjoying nature. And there's two people that if you come to Sault Ste. Marie that you absolutely have to meet and put on your list of places to go. Today, we're talking with Ken and Wilda Hopper from Bird's Eye Outfitters in Sault Ste. Marie. Ken, Wilda, how are you? Wonderful. Thank feeling you. Feeling great. Excellent. Yeah, feeling great. Ken, tell us a little bit about where you're from and where you grew up. I am native to Sault Ste. Marie. I grew up here, born and raised here, moved away, went to college, traveled a little bit, traveled a lot. Got Where'd a lot you go of to college? Miles. I went to Central Michigan University. Oh, okay. And they would expect me at that point in time to say, fire up. So, fire <laughs> up. <laughs> nice. What did you study? Oh, God, I think I walked away with a couple of undergrad degrees and a master's degree in field biology, outdoor recreation. Oh, okay. It works out. Well, I know you got a love for nature, and we're definitely going to explore that. Wilda, why don't you tell us where you're from, where you grew up? Okay, so, well, born in New York City, Long Island, and moved to Fort Myers, Florida. Okay. And then moved up to Michigan. So through my college, I guess in my high school years, I was a nanny up here. Would come up for the summers, fell in love with this area, and came to college up here. So it was awesome. Loved nice. it. Nice. Yeah. So yeah. when you said that you got a nanny position up here, were you looking to come to the UP, or were you just, no. I want the exact opposite no, of Long actually, Island? No, actually, okay, so the nanny position came about because I went to church with a couple who had kids, and they had a cabin up here and needed someone to help out with kids in the summer. So I was absolutely ready to adventure up north so beautiful and yeah. then of course i'm going to assume that you guys met here yes yep. <laughs> we did how did you guys meet not at bird's eye we created that yes <laughs> <laughs> we we both work for the same organization bay mills indian community which okay. is 20 miles west of here i was running a boys and girls club and she was working in human resources and I don't know. Somebody probably reported me to human resources. And, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. I think we had an interaction about a gymnastics program that we wanted to start out there. Okay. So that was the first initial one. And then I asked her if she wanted to buy my car. And then... Oh, there's a first date. Yeah. I worked with the legal department, risk manager, okay. management out there. Yeah. It was an interesting meetup and we just started chatting. Yeah, there you she's go. She's very influential. And the rest is history. The rest is history. Yes. So let's talk a little <laughs> bit about the creation of Bird's Eye. <clears throat> what was your initial thought, like, coming into it? What is Bird's Eye? Yes. Well, that's a great question. Mm. Okay, here's something interesting. So Ken did a lot of West Coast adventuring before I met him, and I did a lot of East Coast adventuring before I met him. So um, when you talk about adventuring, mm. what does that mean? So he, I think, I guess he can speak to his experiences, but he went to Colorado, California, like hiking, I think, and all kinds of fun outdoorsy adventures and was very avid kayaker. I A lot of more, backpacking. Yeah. I'm more of like paddleboarding and 
being on the beach and the Adirondacks, like hiking the Adirondacks. So I did a lot of East Coast adventures through my experiences with college friends and right. family. And so when we came together in Sault Ste. Marie, like one of the things I know I noticed when I first came here is like there aren't a lot of people like getting outside. So a lot of people would talk about Marquette and Petoskey and all the other places that they could go, or even like Sioux, Ontario, like to, in Canada, because their space is incredible over there as well. The realization was that people weren't comfortable getting outside on their own and they didn't know what to what to pack, how to experience an outdoor adventure. What do I, what kind of backpack, what type of gear do I have? What it type would of seem apparel. It would seem so simple to some people like you just go so a pair of tennis shoes and what we learn through observation as well as research is people as a whole are apprehensive to participate in something they are not familiar with right so you've got to find a way to bridge that that chasm you got to educate right so that's one piece and then another one would be in order for them to have a good experience, you have to make them comfortable. So we wanted to provide good gear for people. We wanted to provide those one-on-one opportunities mm -hmm. and also the guided experiences. So there is some hand-holding. We want to see people take it upon themselves to get the initiative to go. And one thing that we found out that we'll probably delve into later is you need the infrastructure in a community. In order to have these outdoor opportunities, not a lot of people are into bushwhacking, which is going in just uncharted areas of the woods where they have to fight through branches and whatnot. They want recreational facilities provided for them to get them outside and get start them off, closer. Yeah, to start nature. off small. You start off small. Like yes. And, and we, we started seeing that in the area, that there was this lack of infrastructure for these specific recreational opportunities. And so in combination with the store... How were we going to get there? And so that's when we decided to develop a not-for-profit that was to develop, maintain, and promote non-motorized trails in our area, whether they be water trails or cross-country ski trails or snowshoe or hiking or biking or whatever it is. Bring, so you're doing all those sports. Right. Yeah. And bring, bringing groups of people together that are like-minded to, to feed off of each other, to educate each other, to sure. help each other There's out. There's strength, you know? and, and that's mm. what we see. So we started forming clubs, too. Like, we've got a running club that comes out of here. Hiking we're going to get another biking, a paddling club. Because we're not all the same. There are people that are more comfortable doing these activities on their own. But I think a majority of us like to have a shared experience. Let's go for a paddle. And then afterwards, let's not just split off. Let's go... To bird's eye and have a beer and talk about today's activities or what yeah. we saw. Yeah, look at our selfies. Debrief. Right. Debrief. And the great thing about bringing groups of people together or bringing, like, sending it out there that we're going to have hiking groups or running groups or paddle groups, whatever the case may be, is that you bring people from different competencies, from different areas that bring different experiences and educate others to create new experiences with what we have locally so you can celebrate what we have. Oh, this is beautiful. So let's run down the list of outdoor activities that you guys are currently involved in. Oh, let's see. Mowing the lawn. <laughs> I did that last that night. Uh, All right. I, I walked know. into that one. That like I totally admit it. 11 p.m. No. <clears throat> so we, we participate in whatever avenue we can. Like we work with the university. I teach backpacking up right. there. I teach, we teach paddle sports. Cross-country skiing, snowshoeing. 
So we have that involvement with the local university. And you actually have that gear here available available. Yeah. Yep. Bird's eye. And we've we've really people have come out of the woodwork, like minded people that want they see our passion and they wanna be involved in it and share their knowledge with people too. Organically, a couple of people we know just said, Hey, we're gonna promote women hiking, women backpacking. And right. we want to do a class here and do a progressive hiking series or something like that. I know I'm going away from your original question, but when these things come up, I think it's important to talk about it because it right. isn't just, well done, I. There's a shell here, but it takes a lot more people to have a paradigm shift within right. a community. And I think we're just in the midst of it right now. So definitely like hiking. So hiking and then in the wintertime organically that transforms into snowshoeing. So we, we've actually been doing for the past like three years, lantern lit snowshoe hikes, which are, it, that brings families out. That would be so, cool. Oh yeah. It it's brings family, it brings families out, right? It yes. brings, it, it creates a night for an adventure with kids and people are getting outdoors. They're moving. All the snow hung up in the trees is like a great insulator, which if you probably couldn't even hear a blender in the background in the woods in the winter. <laughs> Speaking of which. Yeah. So let me ask you this question here. I get that that you want to get people out and get them to experience nature and that there was this this void in Sault Ste. Marie to make that happen. But why is that important to you? Why not just sit there and say, you know what, let's just enjoy this ourselves? Why is it important for you to get people out? Health. To enjoy it. Health. Right. Health. There, health in every a, aspect, mental health, spiritual, physical, emotional health, physical like health, yeah. physical health, because we, so aside from just bringing people out on adventures and we actually also are certified to do stand up paddleboard lessons, kayak lessons. Like we, we bring, we do hiking 101. Aside from that, we also are unique in our area that we offer a lot of cleaner food options. And by cleaner, we mean like non-dairy, non-gluten options, things that people are looking for, things, foods that are highly nutrient dense, right? that give you energy and that are just all around healthy for you. We have that love, that passion for health and wellness. Ultimately, it's and, for, mm. it has to be about other people. Mm -hmm. Like, why would we do it? Like, we all know McDonald's. Can I say that? There's a certain fast food restaurant. Other fast food That shall remain nameless. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. Like, they're in the business of making money, right? They don't really care about you and what you put in your system your health, yeah. and your health, <clears throat> right? And there's different mindsets. Yeah, it's your choice whether you go there or not, but a lot of it's budget-based. So we could be delving into other waters here, but we want people to care about themselves and their physical and mental and spiritual health. And it isn't through just experimentation in our experiences. Like we, we research these things. Like she is a volume of knowledge when it comes to gut health and how what goes into your body affects all of everything that's connected. And Which I, I imagine impacts your menu. It does. Yes. That's here. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm concerned about, Wilden and I have six kids together. We're going to have a lot of grandkids. Yes, <laughs> you are. Be fruitful and multiply. Watching them grow up and thinking about yourself and your younger and the struggles they go through and watching them try to handle life and everything that's thrown at them. If you have a safe place that you can go to, there there are research papers showing that we're losing our connection with nature and it's having some mental health effects 
to us as a community. And physical, like so physical and mental. We yeah. need to get people Severely. back in touch with something that we need to be in touch with. Like we, I'm an ecologist at heart. It's all, everything working together. There's yeah. a symbiosis that has to happen and we're trying to separate ourselves from that. Why? To make things convenient. We don't, it, it's watching a sunset or hiking through the woods and not hearing the noise of a city is, it's, it's a spiritual experience. It's disconnecting from the things that you don't have to always stay connected to or be connected We're disconnecting to. From, <clears throat> disconnecting from the wrong yes. things. Airplane, Airplane mode. mode. This is what that. we need. Airplane mode. Yes. yes. I love yeah. that. I was just thinking disconnect from your phone, connect yes. with nature. Right? Yes. We're disconnecting with the wrong things. That's my opinion, but awesome. I, I think it's backed up with some research. <laughs> Certainly. For our audience, we're going to take a quick break to thank our sponsors. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Ken and Wilda about how you can make the most out of your experience with bird's eye. We'll see you after the break. Are you enjoying these amazing stories? Michigan is full of people that are doing some pretty extraordinary things. If you want these amazing stories sent directly to your inbox, head over to TotalMichigan.com, enter your email address, and get them today. What are you going to get? I'm glad you asked. First, you're going to join our awesome Michigan community, and it is quite awesome. Second, you will get an email that includes the top five interviews from the show sent directly to your inbox. This is going to include the powerful lessons that we've learned from these amazing people. Third, you're going to get exclusive behind-the-scenes information about the show. There's a lot of things that are happening to grow this movement beyond the confines of just a radio show and a podcast. You'll get advance notice of upcoming guests and early access to their interviews. You'll also get a link to our Facebook group. Now, to get all these goodies, just head over to TotalMichigan.com join. Enter your email address and join our awesome community today. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Total Michigan. I'm your host, Cliff Duvinois. Today, I'm sitting with Ken and Wilda Hopper from Bird's Eye Outfitters in Sault Ste. Marie, and we are talking about all kinds of activities outdoors that they do. Now, before you were mentioning about kayaking and snowshoeing and hiking and stuff, one of the events that we did today before we filmed this is we went kayaking through the Sioux Locks, which I didn't even know you could do. Oh, yeah. So kudos to that. So talk to us. Where did that idea come from? When I worked in Bay Mills, I would take teenagers out that uh, on adventures. So these are teenagers that were needing something to do. We'd, I'd bring them backpacking and I'd bring them on all these different opportunities that they wouldn't normally have. So we had the equipment. And then from that, we started a Boys and Girls Club and it's still running operation a couple sites today. And one of the trips... I found out that the Canadian lock took pleasure craft through and I just called over there and said, can I bring a canoe through? <laughs> and so we had a fleet of canoes and we're at the club or we called it adventure camp at that time, I think, wasn't it? Okay. So <clears throat> then uh, we left from the airport on the Canadian side and paddled our canoes all along the coastline, all the way to Bellevue Park on the Canadian side. We started on the Canadian side, went through the lock, and then it was a great experience. Like kids talked about it, the other chaperones talked about it, said, Oh my God, what a great thing. And and so we started looking at maps and how we could leave from American side and end up on the American side. And then we brought some professionals that teach kayaking all over the world. And they happen to be in Lansing, Michigan. They're called the Power of Water. Trey, shout right. out to Trey. They came up, trained guides and 
went through the trip with us to to see how it would work out. And they they brought some really trained people and just really went through the whole trip with a fine-tooth comb and came back with their recommendations and deemed it as a trip that would be doable. And it ended up, you went on it today. It was a and It was incredible. Cool and I love kayaking. So that was really great. For our audience, why don't you walk us through what the kayak trip would entail? Like, how do we go into the locks? What are some things that you can expect when you get in there? Sure. I like to, we'll get a booking and I'll personally reach out and say, weather looks good, weather looks bad. We err to the side of safety. We mentioned she was a risk manager in the past and we want to keep people safe. Yes, the, so yes. definitely. Yeah. Yes. As you increase your skills in the kayaking community, it becomes a pretty small group of people that talk about the industry. And there are groups of, there's kayaking organizations that, businesses that like to pump people through and they get criticized and we're not one of those. We look out for your safety. So, you, you know, and we appreciate the, that at the start, I'm saying, this is why we use these boats. This is why you have to wear this. This is what this is for. And we go through a little one-on-one before we take anybody out. And when I reach out, I ask if anybody has any kayaking experience, usually via text and they'll So this is feedback. for all levels. Like you don't even have to yeah, uh, be an experienced. We, we, I think we prefer that you have some, some experience. experience. Some experience. Okay. Yeah. I can see. So we're talking about five miles of paddling. So we could be out for three hours, depending on the speed of the paddler. You only go as fast as you're the slowest paddler in any right? group. There's been situations where I've not gone on a trip and we had talked today about like, when do you not try? And I look at wind speed and direction and the current of the water and how much the dams that control the rapids are open. So there's a lot into our decision-making and ultimately if we cancel a trip, you should be disappointed you didn't get to go on the trip, but leave some flexibility in your schedule because from day to day in the upper peninsula or any Michigander knows the the weather, weather, right? Yes, definitely. And it has. And so we've, people have been disappointed and I brought them out to like the launch point and we've looked out at the water and they've felt the wind away from the city and the buildings and stuff. And they're like, okay, you're right. Yeah. Cause you want to have a good experience, not an experience where you're skydiving basically and worried about what might happen and trying to correct yourself and just not focus on points of interest, but on your own well being. Right. So the, so we launch off the kayaks. We're out into the water. And then when we come up to the locks, what happens next? So we, the first part of the tour is the launch point, And we talk about some local highlights, historical aspects. And may, there's usually some bird life. And I'm a bird nerd. So when we first start out, I like to talk about what's there and history of the place. And then get a feel for the customer and how comfortable they are in their kayak. I'm not going to take them out if they're not 100% right. ready to go and comfortable. Sure. So. Then, because the first part of the trip could end up being the most treacherous because we're going out across the river that you've got a flow of water coming from a lake that's 31,000 square miles. Yes. So there's a lot of water there and you got to cut across that. So you're cutting across the current and the current feeds the canal, the man-made canal that runs through the middle of our downtown and makes our downtown an island, which is very unique. And we got a 5k 10k coming up to celebrate that aspect of our downtown and then you're right after that you're cutting across the face of the locks the american locks sure and there's hazards there's boat traffic there's 
Got to uh, keep your eyes peeled. You, we don't play chicken with thousand foot freighters because yeah, let's not. You're not going to win that one. Yeah, and their braking systems aren't as good, and their turning radius is really large, also. So we watch out for them. And then you make your way across all that, and you're in what was formerly the rapids area. In historically. If the locks weren't there on either side, the rapids would stretch from the Canadian shore to the American shore. And we saw what's the remains of the rapids, and it's just awesome to right. look at. So we're on the upper end of the, of that. And then we approach the Canadian lock. We call ahead, let them know that we're coming. And their lock system is not so much for commerce, where the American lock system is. The Canadian lock system is for recreational craft and people that want to travel from the upper river to the lower river or vice versa. So then we enter the canal. We let them know we're coming. They give us feedback, say, okay, it'll be whatever, 15 minutes to fill the lock. And then we enter it. And then we deck our boats together, tie off, and we lower 21 feet. What did it take today? Like eight minutes or something? Yeah, it was, it was super fast. Yeah, because you're, they you're have talking about, are working. You're yeah. talking about going into the actual lock, right? So they open yeah. up the doors, you go inside. They open up the gates. And at one point in time, this was the longest lock in the world. So it's not like your clamshell locks you'll see in smaller river systems. Right. And to even say we're on the St. Mary's River and once you get out in the open water, it's a lake. It seems like a lake. It's a yes. very large river. So we get into the Canadian lock. And then we get lowered down, and then it's a great experience. You At one minute, you're talking to the guy on the edge of the lock wall, and then the next minute— Because you're, you're up high, yep. so you can you can see them. And yep. then within, like you said, it felt like 10 minutes. It, yep. it, you could feel the level yep. going down inside the kayak. They, yeah, pulled, they pulled the plug out of the bathtub. Yeah, so to so, speak. Yeah. yeah. So then you're, you drop down and— uh, The 21 it's feet. 21 feet, yep. It, so you're talking about two different lake levels. Lake Superior is— 21 feet higher than Lake Huron, Lake Michigan. And then you've got the whole St. Mary's River to make that up. But 21 feet gets made up right here at Sault Ste. Marie. So then when we're on the lower river, you see the gates open up in front of you. And then everybody makes the universal sound that angels make, or we assume they do, because it happens on every trip. And it, it remained the case today. So then we exit the lock. And we're still in what would be known as Canadian waters. And we skirt the Canadian shoreline, and then we cut across the base of the rapids, and you can feel the force of the water when you're cutting across it. And it's just, you know how small you are. And then we cut across there over to the American side, going across the lower part of the locks. And we go by the Museum Ship Valley Camp, and we'll get some snapshots on the rudder of that. This is how close we got to a freighter on our trip. Yes, and then at that today it was cool because you were over there, and then in the backdrop you had a freighter going upbound, and then a thousand foot freighter that was moving at a pretty good pace right behind you, going downriver. And so after the valley camp, we go in front of what would be the end of the man-made canal that cuts through the city. And so you've got a confluence of waters there, the current that goes downstream and the current that cuts in there, and then you've got swirling waters. But this hydroelectric plant that we have in town is very impressive. It's a quarter mile long, hand-cut sandstone, at one point in time the largest hydroelectric plant in the world. And in the backdrop, you've got Canada, Sugar Island, and it's a great backdrop. It ends up being a really nice trip. One of the things that I would like to explore with you, you mentioned before about nonprofit 
and you were actually talking a little bit about it too during the break. Why don't you talk to us about this nonprofit, what it is, what do you hope to do with it? I'm going to let Will to do that because I'm tired of talking. (laughs) (laughs) Our nonprofit is called Outhouse Consortium. So OUT is an acronym for Outdoor Use of Trails. And the reason why we put it together is because we wanted to create trail systems. Like we looked at the Sioux and we're like, we're lacking a little bit of infrastructure. So we wanted to get people outdoors and hiking and doing all kinds of fun things, but we didn't have the infrastructure. So I think, so initially we have to like help develop the infrastructure so that we can really promote the activities that we're wanting to have like right. in the Sioux system. So we did create a trail behind Buff- a local tra- trail behind Buffalo Wild Wings in our Ashman Creek area, which is about 300 acres of land, wow. city owned property. Yeah. And we've, we partnered with Little Travers Conservancy to help us secure some land within that area so that we can create trail systems. Now, the trail systems that we are going to create there are, or we actually have already created a couple of hiking trails and we're looking to create biking, a biking trail system. And then we're also looking to create bike trails like within the city. And then water trail systems within our, our on our shores, so that we have people can get out and s- safely in different areas of the St. Mary's River. We already do guided trips like around Ro- Rotary Island. So Rotary Island Park, there's a little cluster of islands that are fantastic, and one of the islands is called Voyager Island. And we actually created, helped to create a trail system on Voyager I- Island, but you can only get there by kayak. Oh, wonderful. It it makes it really, yeah, awesome and unique. And yeah, that's uh, getting people moving. The 300-acre project, I think we're dancing around it a little bit because it's not there. It's just in creation. But if if we could paint a picture, we have a company out of Houghton called Rock Solid. And Rock Solid, we come to find out, works all over the nation. He was talking about jobs he was doing in Oklahoma, Arkansas. Texas and all. And we walked this property last week. So everything's really fresh right now, but they're going to be doing our conceptual drawings so that we can better communicate to the public the potential of this piece of property that is going to serve as a hub. So it's not only going to be recreation, it's going to be transit. So you talk about benefits of trail systems and you're going back to talking about mental health and physical health and keeping people safe. So they're not on the shoulder of the road and they can still get from point A to point B. Beyond that, the recreational aspect is walking with the guy, John, from Rock Solid. He's thinking that we'll probably end up with over 10 miles of mountain bike trail within our city limits. Oh, wow. With our university as one of the trailheads. It's wild to know mm. that you have that topography here within the city. I would have never known. It's fantastic. We love our situation. We're always trying to celebrate the uniqueness of this town. And what we're what we want people that come visit to what we want them to understand is that we've got freighters, but we are way more than big boats. We've got a playground up here. We've got a national forest with thousands of acres. We've got a sister city, Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, the population of around eighty thousand people. And then you drive an hour north there, and you're in such a different environment because the Canadian Shield, some of the oldest exposed rock formations on the planet are right there. And they've got these beautiful vistas overlooking Lake Superior. And 
sunsets. And I know I explained the mentality before people are going to be mad at me for telling everybody how beautiful and great this place is because <laughs> that means we're going to get flooded with people. And some of the mentality around here, which I may share, is you, we like it. We like the space. We like having not crowded roads and being able to jump off into the woods or get away from people in five minutes. We are surrounded in Chippewa County. We are surrounded by fantastic trail systems. So it's not just like within our city limit. We've got like Round Island Point, which is just west of us. That's like a short, like 10, 15 minute drive. Bay Mills, you've got the overlook. Yep, for, Monocle. Uh, you're yep. overlooking two inland lakes. Uh, basically the funnel of where the east end of Lake Superior is and the St. Mary's River starts and you're looking at cliff sides of Cap over in Ontario from this overlook that not many people know about. Yeah. So there's hidden gems all over here. And-, and then and right beyond that is the North Country Trail System. So you can connect so many different trail systems just from Sault Ste. Marie. The longest, so it's- the longest trail in the United States cuts right through here. The North Country Trail is longer than the Appalachian. It's longer than the Pacific Crest. So it's the longest one. It goes from Maine to Montana or New York to North Dakota. It's one of those two. So when when we were talking about the lantern-lit snowshoe hikes earlier, so we started those to get people to see the trail systems within the Ashman Creek area. So to promote that right. area. So we actually, we created our own trail system. We blazed it. This summer we'll have a trailhead up so that people can access it or a little more readily than just pointing at <laughs> going yes. that way. But Good. that in and of itself, like the, the lantern lit snowshoe hikes are what helped create awareness for what we have here. So that gained a lot of momentum to the point where the city actually started paying attention. And now they are huge advocates and partners with our organization to help make the Ashman Creek project uh, come to fruition. I think uh, it's just a special group of people. Our board is very involved, very dynamic, and they understand the value of their volunteer time. They know that it's going towards a project that is a feasible and be pretty awesome. Right. So in our mantra over the last few months, because a lot of things are, we're moving forward and we're seeing that progress in a shorter time frame than we expected. So the mantra we've had over the last few months has been our purpose of this whole trail system and this effort at Ashman Creek is to connect the community. So connecting the community in different aspects. So physically, we're connecting the community through the trail systems. And if I want to get from one part of town to Mm -hmm. the other, eventually that's going to be the case. You're going to have all the parks will be connected. You could make a loop around the whole city eventually via hiking and then hop in a kayak and complete the loop on the St. Mary's River. Nice. That's wonderful. And I do want to circle back because you this caught my attention when you said it. The biking part. So is this something that you're currently doing or is it something that's like in the works? You're getting ready to release. When is that? Okay. So we part, we actually, we, in our business, yeah, (laughs) we, we brought in Foxhole Bike and Ski. So they are another business within our business. God bless you. Um, Thank you. Within our business. And they are, they have the same mindset as us. So they actually jumped on our outhouse board. And we're, they're going to have bike 
bikes that are going to be available to rent. They obviously right now, as you look around our store, they're selling their bikes. Yes, we they have are. fat bikes. We have gravel grinders, mountain bikes, road bikes, kid, chi- kid, kid bikes, family friendly, everything family fr- friendly. We are going to start a, a biking club so that we can, families can bring their kids out like every, like maybe on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning. And then actually once a week as well to also create awareness for the safety of cycling because many people especially young kids don't know the safety aspects of cycling especially in the city and then we're also going we're they're actually in partnership with us to help create these bike lanes and these bike routes wonderful and on top of that we have the Sioux Area Arts Center who is looking at getting these this funding, these grant fundings for like asphalt art, where we can highlight the bicycle lanes routes locally so that it keeps people safe. Because what we're seeing is as you're driving down the road, you'll see vehicles like like driving in bicycle lane areas. And it's just, that's not safe. We wanted, we thought, how could we highlight that these are biking bicycle lanes? And so Sioux Area Art Center is partnering with us and we will have like asphalt art that will highlight our bicycle lanes to keep people safe. Ken, Wilda, we could talk about this all afternoon. So the question now I got for you is that if somebody's listening to this interview, they want to check out what it is that you're doing, check out more about your business. Maybe they're planning to trip up here to the Sioux and they want to connect with you. What's the best place to send them to? Oh, we've got... You mean via web? Sure. Birdseyeoutfitters.com. Yeah, Birdseyeoutfitters. And And then there's a website for the nonprofit as well. It's outhouseconsortium.org. Yeah. Consortium is spelled... Outhouse is everybody, most people got that. Consortium is C O N S O R T I U M. Outhouse Consortium. That's why, that's why yeah, there's Google yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, otherwise, send them to 107 East Portage, Bird's Eye Outfitters. Nice. Nice. You can't miss it. Yeah, and downtown. Perfect. Ken, Wilda, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today and talking about the great things you're doing. I love that kayak experience. Great. That Glad is awesome. You had fun. Next time, we're going to do it on a paddleboard. Yes, paddleboard. Definitely have to do that. For our audience, you can always roll on over to TotalMichigan.com. Click on Ken and Wilda's interview, and you'll get all the links that they mentioned above. We'll see you next week when we have another story of an ordinary Michiganders doing some pretty extraordinary things. We'll see you then. 